Something about the only thing to do with them, though. I'm struggling um, with like talking about this at all and not feeling and not denigrating the loss that's going on and the crisis that's going on because I'm like incessantly just stimulated by the whole thing. I'm just <laughs> curious all the time and like it's fascinating to me. Yeah. In a way that is because I'm quite insulated from it compared to being in Italy or in New York. Yeah. Like if that's the privilege is that I just get to be fascinated as much as I am kind of horrified by it because it hasn't been that close to home yet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I'm like conscious of that every time I'm like, I'm really cautious of, I can easily imagine talking about it in a way that's very accidentally insensitive to someone who has suffered from it or has lost something that's like big from it. Yeah. I get what you're saying, but I don't know. I can't, part of me feels like at this moment in time, all commentary is valid because we're all trying to make sense of this thing at such a rapid pace. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> all commentary is valid, as in, like, even the conspiracy theories and all of the. Oh. <laughs> well, that's commentary. Yeah, they're valid. Have you heard it? Yeah. What's the best one you've heard so far? Oh, well, pretty much all the ones I've heard that are that China have just manufactured this thing yeah. to fuck with the Western world and now they're all just going about business as usual. And, and, and looking after the rest of the world as they suffer from it, yeah. supplying them with certain things that they need to survive. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You just like, can't think about it too much, eh? You can't, yeah. I just... I don't know if there's any... <laughs> any value to be gained from paying it too much attention exactly like what can you do about it if that's true <laughs> yeah. like, what are you going to do about it right well, this, now that, that's the thing with this whole thing is it's all just so uncontrollable mm. like what i've really tried to do for the last month is just take stock of the, the small things in my life that i do have control over and just focus on them because there's just so much mania and so much crazy things going on that it's just like if you keep you know, if you keep letting that affect you too much, mm. things that you can't control, you're just going to lose your mind mm. during this whole thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, shit is changing. Shit is not what it was yeah. at the start of the year. Yeah, and even if you do, you know, project, try and project the future and, and apply an unnecessary amount of energy into to preempting something or worrying about the things you can't control, those things are going to change again in two days. Like, yeah. if you come to some sort of definitive conclusion about what's going on or what to do about it, it's going to be redundant in a really short time because yeah. some brand new shit's going to happen. It's just like, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> you're so much better off consolidating on the things that you can do. <laughs> yeah, and just building from there because, you know, this is... It's just going to be a while. This shit storm is going to be a little while. <laughs> it, it, do you subscribe to the, the nothing's ever going to be the same again? Uh, Retri? To an extent, I think, you know, I'm, I'm really optimistic that this has laid to bear a lot of cracks that we had in society previous to this. And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that 
once we sort of get over the the back of this thing that we will still pay those cracks attention and sort of try and fix the some flaws mm. you know as we were saying before we hit record like insofar as just really basic things like physical contact like greeting people yeah you're never gonna greet people how you used to yeah well like i mean i saw a friend i hadn't seen in a few weeks i came into the shop the other day i straight away like went to high five him and then both of us were just like oh no can't do that anymore yeah yeah um did you do an elbow bump instead yeah yeah but uh, is that as gratifying no no (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean i think things will change dramatically you know it's a weird one. It's a weird one to try and see, particularly in Australia right now, like the government trying to, I guess, mitigate the economic downturn so that kind of like they keep using the rhetoric of like, let's build a bridge to the other side so that like once this is over, we can try and pick back up from where we left off. But then by the same token, like, I don't know if even that's the best way forward. Yeah. Because... You know, I mean, or like in some sense, I think that just is a disservice to so many of the, I don't know, so many of the beautiful things I hope will come from this. You know, like we can't, I, I, we can't just go back to how it was, can we? No, in so many ways, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's we some, can't it, do that. it's so weird that there's some, like, that makes me celebrate on one hand and then despair on the other because I think I can never just like, you know, hug a mate with the same level of flippancy or, or nonchalance yeah. wondering about whether I'm going to, you know, unknowingly contract and pass on some sort of disease. Like, you know, you just like, it's going to be impossible not to think about that. And that's sad yeah. that you can't have that level of spontaneity and affection and all that, you know, amazing stuff. But then I'm like, you look at, emissions you look at how much people are cooking food rather than buying it like stuff like that and i'm just like this is the best this is like this is this huge gear shift that everyone needed to experience all at once to just reconnect in a bunch of different ways and i think so far there's more of that than the bad but again that's privilege because i've not been personally like i lost one of my jobs really quickly but you know i'm living i've got my folks house you know to fall back on and like yeah. There's people who are just infinitely more exposed than I am. And so I almost feel bad ha- well, also having like, any feelings about it at all. Yeah. Also, like, the health devastation in Australia is nowhere near what it has been all around the world. Like, we've, mm. you, know, you know, fingers crossed, but the signs here are, are... Pretty promising. Yeah, promising at the moment. Yeah. Does that... That surprised me, actually, which is, which is kind of dark. But, like, I thought we, I thought we were all reacting quite slowly compared to so the severity I. of it overseas and the knowledge that it was in Australia as well. Yeah. And I kind of like, it seemed like people carried on business as usual longer I than... I agree with you. I was kind of like thinking, we're, we're going to be fucked. Like, this is going to get really bad because we're being kind of careless about it. But then it seems mm. like it, it hasn't been too Yeah, bad. I think we, like, it seems like we pulled the trigger just early Just enough. at the right time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm with you. Like I'm, it, it surprised me in quite a, in quite a positive way. Like when when the cases first started getting reported here. But actually, mind you, I remember reading the news when it was like, 
when the cases were still in like the single and double digits, it mm. was like there's one case at like a hospital in North Ryde, and then it was like there are now five workers that all work in the Macquarie Park business park. Yeah, I heard all that stuff. <laughs> I heard all of the like, yeah, you know, fast food worker worked five shifts without realizing they had it with a bunch of different people and serving a bunch of different people. I'm like, oh god, like it's just yeah. How on earth do we, re, you know, chase after that and rein it all in? I just, I kind of like assume the maybe, worst. Like, maybe that just speaks to, I guess, Australians' level of hygiene anyway, though. You know, I mean, like, because if someone that had it was serving food to a whole bunch of people for five days, you would expect it to have just gone like wildfire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're suggesting that the person who had it had good hygiene and that's yeah. how they didn't share it? Well, maybe. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, But also just the people on the receiving end of the food as well. I don't know. Do you Have you thought at all about, um, about it as a... Because obviously we've both been on the supply side of things yeah. as baristas, but have you thought about it as a customer at all? Um, not too much, to be honest. A little bit. I've thought about it heaps. Like I've been eating out a lot less or getting takeaway food a lot less because I feel kind of tainted by a decade in different hospitality kitchens in Sydney and going like, I know that not everyone slash very few people have actually got their sanitary shit together. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I've been eating like 95% of the food I've been eating, I've been making at home. Yeah. So I suppose... It's it's a hard one though because like it's a balancing act between how much trust you put in other people. I mean that's but, there, but you're there. putting a huge amount of trust placing your order like <laughs> from there. That that's one of these things that I mean maybe will never be the same again. It's just volunteering that trust to a bunch of people you've never met, yeah. thinking that they'll have your best health interests at heart. I'll never forget being in the pub once when I was younger. I was maybe like. 21, yeah. eating a burger, looking into this open kitchen, uh, which was kind of designed to be, I'd love another tinny that very much, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you could read my sign language. I'm getting a job on the ABC uh, transcribing the press conferences. Yeah. <laughs> tinny? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Yeah, sorry. You were looking into this Yeah, kitchen. sinking a few tinnies in this, in this pub. Looking at the kitchen that had been designed so that you could, you know, it was a performance of all of the chefs in there, which I'm all about. I think that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sure enough, the guy at the pass who's, you know, the final thing between the kitchen and the, the table... Yeah. Um, ...is busy touching his face, like, maybe once every 15 seconds, just, like, clearly wiping a drip or, like, oh, just, yeah, like, yeah. forehead, Sweat, neck, just, like, yeah, just... Yeah. I, and I get it, it's a sweaty job. But yeah. I, he wasn't wearing gloves. No, I mean, not that the gloves help in that situation no hat and just like touching his face and I was halfway through a burger and just like immediately lost my appetite for oh. it. It was this like instant thing where I was just like, I shit, fuck that. And I could, <laughs> I just like couldn't really do it. And I don't know if that makes me a hypochondriac, but if it does, then I feel kind of vindicated by what's going on now because imagine seeing that now. Like, yeah. that well, guy's going to get a $20,000 fine and 15 years in prison or something crazy <laughs> by the current laws. I don't know if it makes you a hypochondriac. I guess, like, I guess that's the thing. Is just like I feel like the average Joe's attitude to to it has to date been really, really lax. Yeah. And like, I think part of that is because 
you know, the health care system, A, has like, in Australia, we're very lucky here that we've got a fucking ace healthcare system, but also B, like, our generation and even like the generation or two ahead of us have never experienced anything like this. Like, they've never, you know, if, if you get a cold because, or like, even like food poisoning or something like that, you know, you never, you never then like, don't go and eat out again if you got food poisoning from a takeaway restaurant once. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I feel like they've always just been things that we've been able to just live with and just accept yeah. that it's just like, these are just things Cost that, of doing business. Yeah. That, get your immunity up to scratch and it won't be a problem. Well, yeah, you just can't, you're like, you always know that there's a small chance that those things can happen, you know? And like, I guess it's taken something that is you know potentially life-threatening to some people for us to be like okay we need to fucking really think about this now because yeah but i'm kind of that frustrates me a bit because i was definitely in that camp up until four months ago yeah or whenever it was that it you know the world turned upside down where i was sort of (laughs) thinking like i was never that worried because i was thinking my immunity is robust enough to contend with your everyday pathogen and that if I can contend with it, it's actually building my immunity further. Yeah. Yeah, good. And you're right, like that's gone. That's out the window. You can't think like that anymore. Otherwise, conceivably, you're going to die within three weeks. So there's that. But then on the other hand, part of my brain still thinks that's really valid. (laughs) Yes. Even though it's never had any account like academic backup (laughs) but and the reason is that this disease we weren't meant to encounter this yeah this was supposed to be in another fucking in like ecosystem with animals that we weren't supposed to consume or harvest or like sell Mm. at a wet market or anything like that like we were never supposed to have to do battle with this thing exactly and so (laughs) i think that's like kind of meaning my brain is hanging on to this um, kind of really backwards philosophy of self-immunity, basically. <laughs> I don't know if it's backwards, though. I don't know. Like, it's interesting to try and think about, okay, if we think about forward, like, what ha- when is going to be the end of all of this? I love how we just, people just use the word this now to just, you don't have to give it any other definition of just like, yeah, this. You this, know what this is. Yeah, you yeah. know what this is. <laughs> Um, but it depends what you mean by end, because if end is business as usual, or if we're just looking to an end as in when can life return to the way it was, well, that's not really... Okay, I guess I mean end, like when can we go back to conducting ourselves, maybe socially, in a social environment, without the fear of like contracting or passing it on. So, I mean, I kind of think like, I look at the only way that we're going to be able to do that is... A, we get a vaccine that becomes readily available. Yeah. Or B, enough people become infected with it so that there's enough immunity in the community that the virus will end up just dying out in all these kind of dead-end roads when it gets to hosts that just destroy it. Yeah. You know, so... I think it'll be a mixture of both because it's all very well to build the herd immunity side of things unless you're one of these vulnerable people who then just get hit for six by it and so i think it'll be that the herd immunity thing will happen slowly and then as the vaccine becomes available it'll be 
prioritise for the people that are most vulnerable. But that's why, like, I'm, I don't... Seeing the numbers that have been really low the last, like, four or five days makes me think, like, okay, we've had, you know, not even 7,000 total cases in Australia yet. Mm. And there's talk that, like, a vaccine's going to be 12 or 18 months away. Like, so is that how long we have to bunker down for? And because... Six, seven thousand people being infected, that's not herd immunity. That's still like most people. Oh, but that's isn't that the whole problem? Is that they think they just like we know what this is, we know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> they think that the recorded positive identifications is reflective of like a sixth of the amount of people okay. that actually have it. Okay, well, I. Let's even say conservatively, like, it's a tenth. And so, and also, like, bearing in mind that they think that the total recorded cases now is true of, like, what the situation was two weeks ago. Because there's been a lot of people that, like, may have got it two weeks ago but haven't started showing symptoms or whatever. Or true of a week ago, say. Okay. So, you know, if I think forward, let's estimate that in a week maybe Australia will have, like... 9,000 cases, if that's conservatively 10%, the total case is 90,000 people. That's still... Like, you could fucking fit all of them in the MCG. You could put all of those people in one stadium <laughs> to watch an AFL game. And then the whole rest of the country still, like, potentially hasn't been exposed to this thing. Yeah. That's not herd immunity. So, well, isn't that the... Is that the criticism of it? Because I've, well, read, I've, read, I've read stories that advocate for it and stories that condone it as misguided and it sounds like what's like the, that the herd immunity yeah thing. that that as a as a general idea or as a thing that could be any respite from this at all is misguided and that it's not and it's out i mean it sounds that way when you put it in terms that you've just done as far as how few well, people you can actually account for with it i mean i I, th- I sort of think like biologically speaking that herd immunity is a true concept and like i think there's merit to it but what i mean is like you've kind of like I don't think you can do like social restricting social life in a country and try and build herd immunity at the same time that's what I'm saying like we've kind of gone gone down the path of like okay let's try and not infect people yeah save lives and so what's the out from that the out is like to hope a vaccine becomes developed and then just give it to everyone and be like okay fuck now we're all fine. Now again. we're good. Yeah. Whereas, like, if we just said, okay, like, hell for leather, just go for it, you know, let people do whatever didn't they it, were didn't doing. Didn't the country do that? Didn't Sweden do yeah, that? Yeah, Sweden are still doing it. Yeah, and but it's gone really badly. It's going terribly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, that's what I mean. But in theory, I'm thinking, like, okay, if you expose people to it more rapidly, people will go through it, get the virus. It, yeah, you'll lose more lives, but then potentially you could be on the other side earlier because it's come through the community. Everyone's, you know, herd immunity would be built more, much more rapidly. Yeah. Because, like, those case numbers would just keep increasing. Yeah. People would then have it. Those that are fine will recover. They'll have some immunity to it now. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Is the, sh- the shortage of medical equipment is a big problem with that? With, the, with doing that, right? Yeah, ba- basically. Like, that, that's the reason we couldn't even, if even if we did decide that was the best course of action, the like the volume of people that would get it in such a short time would overwhelm the health system. Yeah, 
really quickly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I mean, like, that's why I'm kind of thinking, like, people are talking about six months or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I don't understand where that number's been plucked from because if... I think just from <laughs> fucking sheer optimism. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, like, a... People just need something, <laughs> like, myself included. I ve- I get, I'm guilty of get, being in yeah. the headspace all the time, of just well, being, like, just following some narrative of, of you know, the light at the end of the tunnel getting closer and because you can't like it's hard to do life with that light moving further I know away it from is. you i know <laughs> it is but like to be quite real i don't know where that six months comes from yeah do you know what i mean in six yeah. months time what does the situation look like okay likely we still don't have a vaccine isn't that that so that's yeah so that's assuming that a vaccine will arrive but that's in line with what all the authority authority directions been about it is that it's the social distancing stuff won't be lifted until there's a vaccine i think so because like i i mean i can only assume so because i don't know what would be the motivation to say okay let's not do it anymore because then i still feel like unless we get to a, a point where we can prove there are zero cases in australia zero active cases zero people even hosting the virus yeah and then be like and have and the no flights closed. inbound yeah. yeah then we can be like okay we're fine yeah do you know what i mean so like yeah we're fine until someone else gets maybe it. that's where the six months comes from actually i think i think six months is just the sweet spot of of, of reality and optimism i'm <laughs> like thinking uh, it's probably just some article that someone's read or a couple of people have read that makes them feel the most balanced about it. Where, you know, if it was three months, you'd be like, I don't think so. I don't think so. But the like, PM's been using six months in his addresses. Like, that's the number he's been using. Really? Yeah. He's been saying, like, six months, maybe longer. Maybe there's, like, a whole lot of, um, like, psychosocial metrics to suggest that by the time you get to six months, if you need to push it, that's the level of time that will see most people forgive it or like forgive yeah. you being wrong for it right, because it was f- far enough out and a compromise might not be too, I don't know. Yeah, like maybe if they from the outset said 12 months, people would be like, fuck that. Yeah. No, I can't subscribe to that. Exactly. And, and then just be anarchy. Yeah. I think... It, maybe. The media has been kind of exposed poor it's all been pretty poor but i mean it's been exposed on a level that we have not really seen before like the even um like the level of panic buying that's gone on not just from the toilet paper fucking fiasco of the very beginning but to like easter weekend when was like this might be really religiously insensitive but like easter was never i'm from like a semi-christian background you know like (laughs) like like christian family that like you know got around it but not like not in a hardcore way yeah um they're just sort of like they think jesus was a good bloke yeah it's good framework good bloke you know but took a few liberties with their interpretations and stuff yeah but (laughs) i feel like a lot of people are in that camp yeah i think so but easter was never easter was never an event like christmas is an event easter was never a reason to you know, have a huge party or a huge, you know, roast or a lunch or anything like that. And so, and I've never, 
ever seen the amount of scrutiny on buying for the Easter weekend as I have this year when supermarkets are stretched to a point they've never been before and the whole like that whole industry is changing yeah and then stories like you know supermarkets bracing themselves for Easter weekend shopping onslaught blah 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 it's like no that's not even a thing and like <laughs> even if it was a thing no one can do it now no one's allowed to go I and do whatever their ridiculous Easter plans were so like acknowledging it in that sense yeah. lights the fire in whoever's reading it to be like yeah. oh well I don't have a huge Easter thing but I definitely want to have my whatever it is yeah. I'm going to make sure I go and get it and it just yeah. like amps it up so needlessly I, I agree with you on that front I think potentially what uh, what may have occurred or triggered some of this stuff is because the supermarkets will be, or some of them will be closed for a couple of days. So Coles and Woolies were open today. Yeah, I, I'm, but I know some are closed at least one or two days this weekend. Yeah. So I think like, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. I yeah, think, which I appreciate. <laughs> I think potentially some people have like seen that as the justification they need to go and sort of behave in that manner. And yeah, they're on like, the edge anyway. Yeah, they're like, no, fucking, I won't be able to get anything tomorrow. I, I need to get fucking everything again now, today. What if I run out of something tomorrow? <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? yeah. Yeah, it, it, it all, it, everyone's just on the edge, man. Like, <laughs> it didn't take much to just tip most people into a frenzy. I feel like people are starting to settle into it, though. I mean... <laughs> I think, I reckon I noticed, like, this fucking real, like, fear and anxiety in people's eyes a few weeks ago, and I feel like now it's just kind of settled into, like, just acceptance. Yeah. Which... A fear of... Just... Of the uncertainty, of just, like, not knowing. And, like, I felt it within myself, like, and I think this comes down to a little bit to, like, the fucking media fear mongering that was being created I just like found myself walking around in particular like in public spaces just like thinking that this fucking thing was just in the air coming and get you yeah afraid to breathe like shallow yeah, or just through feeling, your t-shirt feeling like nowhere was safe do you yeah. know what I mean which is like I think looking at the hard numbers not the reality at all like yeah I know what you mean but that's the extreme response that was needed to get us to a fairly safe position that we're yeah, in now. I, I experienced that more as a feeling of just being irresponsible. Every time I left my house, I felt bad. Yeah. And I put that down to the fear-mongering of the media, but in a constructive way in that it made me stay home. Like, I've been pretty, yeah. pretty housebound. I haven't left my postcode. Yeah. I'm not surfed in, like, three weeks. And That's a long time for you. Yeah, I've, got, I've been going a bit loopy, but, like... <laughs> It just, I've, yeah. I've like geared up for it as well. I've looked at, you know, the wind and the swell and tides and gone like, yeah, rub my hands together. It's on tomorrow morning. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go super early, quick, get back in time like everyone else yeah. is surfing. And every time I've like woken up to do it, I've just been, I've just felt bad. It just, it feels yeah. like it, in my gut, it's just the, not the right thing to do. I feel you. I mean, it's, yeah. It's but, but like you say, with the position that we're in now, and how not that many people are infected, have died, you know, relative to the rest of the world, we're in a good position. Mm. 
maybe that was a bit over the top or that reaction, that, that scale of reaction wasn't actually that necessary. Well, what we spoke about last, or a couple of weeks ago, I think is the main point of concern is like, what's the mental fallout of this gonna be? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think a month ago, like, I, I'm only really basing this on my personal experience and what I've observed just in people around me, but I feel like anxiety levels were fucking yep. sky high a month yep, ago. Agreed. And like, you know, some of that boiled down to, you know, probably the reality of the situation, but I think the media were responsible for a lot of that as yeah. well. Um, I feel like it's come back down a little bit and people are just like, all right, let's just settle in. There's a lot of comfort let's just in... just make lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> There's comfort in the fact that everyone's got lemons right now. Yeah. yeah Everyone. Oh, doesn't matter time. who you are. Big time. Yeah. It's been, it's been great. I've like spoken to people that I've met all around the world in years gone by, like checked in with a few people and it's just like, it's been obviously like it's not the best of circumstances to be reconnecting with those people but it's just this like really fascinating thing to like like catalyst for those sort well, of reconnections but but also just like to have this thing that it's like they're fucking on the other side of the world and they're still like they're experiencing this in their own way and like they've yeah. got their own you know like i guess response to all of this the same things happening in my corner of the world the same things happening in that guy over yeah. there's corner of the world and it's just like it, it yeah there is this like weird like universal solidarity i think Dude, being built but with this yeah 100 percent. i completely agree that's like that's always i go on the circular you know thoughts of despair and kind of panic and anxiety and blah 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 and i always come back around to realizing like the the good outweighs the bad and the level of community across like the fact that you that there is a community being built internationally or reinforced internationally with like people you, yeah. you know who live overseas contending with the same thing but there's also this whole like localism this like community tribal yeah. stay in your postcode small scale community being built yeah. as well and like for it to be built at the same time it's across the, that scale it's really cool it's really yeah. cool i think there's yeah. Yeah, you know, like in 10 years from now, everyone, you could meet anyone and be like, so fucking, how is 2020 for you? Like, you've got a down, shared experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What went down in your neck of the woods? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, man, I don't know. Who knows where this is going to leave us? Yeah. I think, like, I'm optimistic that it's going to leave the world in a better place. I think so. But I, I, I just, I'm wrestling with this apprehension to to rejoice too much in the good yeah because i don't want to um you know diminish the bad but i think so i think the world would be in a way better place at the end people would like spending that much more time with their families and in their yeah. kitchens and like focusing on what they do have and what they can do not what they don't have and can't do you, what we were talking about the other week though about um the whole pandemic definition of like whether we call this a mental health pandemic mm. as well as a physical health pandemic i've floated that with a few people yeah because they kind of like i'm trying to tease that out as an understanding of yeah mental versus physical health yeah because 
it's it's kind of ambiguous where poor mental health is almost seen as either a community side effect or an individual side effect of the physical health disease of the yeah. coronavirus. But the messaging about mental health from every charity and every government institution and, and what we're trying to work towards is acknowledging mental health as its own facet of health, just like physical health yeah. is. And so how can that then be a symptom of, like how can, how can it be, no, how well, come it's not its own pandemic? Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're, okay, you're saying that like, if we were to call this a mental health pandemic, yeah. are we labeling it as such because that ensuing mental health crisis has been the result of a physical health crisis? Well, it kind or, of conflicts with the messaging. Yeah. yeah, 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 right. To do so sort of, again, marries mental health and physical health. Yeah, exactly. Or it, or it, it just, um, it, it doesn't assign the same level of complexity or the same level of distress as its own yeah. um, ailment or, or affliction, being being depressed or anxious about it. It would be interesting to see like how we interpret that in, in the years to come because, you know, I wonder if we'll look back and say like, okay, how did we respond to COVID-19 as a country or as a world? Mm. And like, look at it and be like, oh great, like we flattened the curve, like we did this to the number of cases, this was the total number of people whose lives were lost because of it, like, and obviously every life loss is a tragedy, but you know, I'm sure they'll have criteria that they'll measure it either a failure or a success against, but then what will they say about like, okay, was fucking self-isolation and social distancing and stuff, like what was the mental fallout of that and is there a way we could have done it? to try and have like not had such a fallout or to try and you know have kind of or like mitigated that as a yeah as a really impactful side effect yeah yeah man Uh, all of the um so take surfing for example where i feel like it's not i feel like it's an irresponsible thing to keep doing because it's a it's a recreation for me and i can achieve aerobically what i get out of the surf around the block or in my front yard Mm. and there, I don't get the, the mental stuff that I get from surfing. Like that is pretty much yeah. impossible to replicate. And yeah. I, I think every surfer would agree. And so it's in some ways, like I've, I think maybe if I was 18 and having this conversation, it'd be a lot more devastating to my mental health. Cause I, at that point in my life, I had kind of a tolerance, not, not a tolerance, a dependence on surfing yeah. where I got something from it that I couldn't get anywhere else. Yeah. I've learned how to get that from a, you know, a variety of different places now. So that in a situation like this, not gonna, the wheels aren't gonna fall off. But there's definitely this mental fallout is kind of catalyzed by the prohibition of things like surfing. And if you think about someone who either needs it more, gets more out of it than I do, who might've also lost their job or suddenly defaulted on a mortgage payment or so had yeah. things compound to find themselves where what they're getting from surfing is becoming more and more important yeah in the interests of protecting a physical health fallout stopping that guy going surfing might make him commit suicide yeah and like at some point when we've only got 53 deaths in the entire country from the physical side of things yeah well if there's like a larger percentile of people whose mental health deteriorates to a point where they take their own life materially that number is going to be so much more yeah, meaningful fuck. than the physical one. So like, 
there's this conversation to be had about yeah. where you draw your line for for mental and physical health yeah. and for everyone else's mental and physical health. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Mate, that's hectic. <laughs> Let's hope that we that never fucking tilts like that. Well, we're going to have the... This yeah. is the amazing thing that you, you just said, which I 100% agree with and I cannot wait for. Um, I mean, touch wood that I don't get it and that I'm not particularly vulnerable to it. If I get to see these charts, yeah. lining all this shit up in five years' time is going to be fascinating to yeah. get every single facet of human existence on on some sort of X and Y chart <laughs> and see what happened to that when coronavirus hit, what happened yeah. to that. Because we've got this constant variable of yeah, what yeah. was going on and when it happened. Fuck. And so we're going to get to compare things like... We're going to get to compare the mental health and the physical health in a really quantifiable yeah. way. Yeah. It's going to be sick. I don't know, man. We're just like... Uh, I, I'm hopeful that the government... I think the government have taken it at least a little bit under consideration. And I think that's the thing that they're wary of not going too excessive on the restrictions yeah. about at the moment. Because I think they, they're conscious of the fact that you can't keep people just fucking cooped up. Yeah. Yeah. Because for a variety of reasons, people need to have their own fucking liberties. Mate, far so, be it for me to be talking about surfing as, as a, like a, yeah, a recreation. All these stories about domestic violence. Yeah. Like imagine being locked down with someone who's abusive. So many people yeah. are in that situation. Yeah, it's gone up. I read something yesterday that it's gone, domestic violence has gone up like 44%. And like, something fucking crazy. Yeah, and that, that's been a cool part of the um, police commissioner's messaging in New South Wales, and I think like most of the states and territories, um, enforcement has been the same about a level of compassionate discretion about why you're out of your house and yeah. what you're doing and you know how you're behaving. Yeah. That makes that like comforts me. It's been, it's just been nice, in some sense, to just see all of these people in titles that are meant to be like representative of things, just fucking acting with a bit of just humanity again. Yeah. And just like, I think just a, a communal recognition that like, right now all the fucking smoke and mirrors needs to just dissipate because this is just us trying to survive yeah and like let's just forget everything else right now let's just get through this thing yep like it's been yeah it's just I take comfort from the fact that everyone's just come back down to this baseline of like I don't care who you are what you fucking do anything about you I just hope you're okay <laughs> man yeah but no like yes <laughs> oh no sorry I <laughs> made <laughs> No, it's empty anyway. <laughs> uh, I I think like I want to I want to agree with you one hundred percent. I think that for the majority, yes, that people are just like brought back to a baseline of compassion. Yes, yeah, some actually you're right. But there then there's people, people, just there's people getting arrested in the fucking supermarket for fighting with strangers, and there's people who are just profiteering from you know mass levels of distress, and like. Dude, someone let all the air out of one of my tyres the other day. Just because I parked, my, I left my truck parked outside their house for too long, conceivably. And I saw it. I, like, I drove on it because I don't think to fucking look 
at my tires. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was conscious. I was like, I've left it there for a while. It's probably pissing someone off because that's the level of like yeah. privilege and hostility of an, <laughs> a lower North Shore neighbourhood. Yeah. And I was like, I've received it. I don't have to ever tell you about the email I got from <laughs> another lady whose house I left it outside oh. of who followed the emu parade thing, found my email address, sent me some like, oh, nasty Jesus. emails. Well, about people have got a lot of time on their hands at the moment, man. That's <laughs> the thing is, like, as much as it's bringing out the best in most of us, it's bringing out the worst in some of us. Yeah. Like, the people who we get it, who are, like, abusing one another over toilet paper and stuff. Oh, mate, stabbings? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's in. But, like, I don't Where know. was there a stabbing? Is that in Australia? Dude, when I was down at Mornington a month ago, we went to a supermarket there. Don't. Really? It happened an hour after we left there oh. in the car park of the supermarket down in the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria. Oh, my goodness. I was there an hour earlier. Someone You're got kidding. stabbed in the car park. Holy Not, shit. Like, fortunately, didn't die. Just, like... Uh, I still think, had a blade plunged in the yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like... But that's what I mean. That was a month ago. I feel like that's when the fear and the desperation and everything was just like... Yeah, that, yeah, like there was that... it was a, untenable. Like, it was just like people just fucking thought it, it was all coming to yeah, crashing down. Yeah, and there was this crescendo of animosity and yeah. all these crazy stories about... Yeah. People were just like, nah, it's fucking... It's literally we're just back in the wild now, and if you've got something I need, and, and I I'm bigger it, than you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it. I'm sorry, these are the rules of the jungle, mate. Yeah. So how glad are you about gun laws in Australia oh, when you think about mate. this in terms of that, and you hear about how every like liberal American household is just arming up to the teeth, like everyone's got a firearm. <laughs> I had um fuck like two America, weeks ago. Man. I was seriously in, fuck America, okay, like. <laughs> I don't have much time for that face anymore. Well, mate, they're in... <laughs> they're in I don't thick. know, they're fucking in the thick of it now. Yeah, exactly. I think they're contending with, like... Yeah. It's, it's going to be a huge shift. Well, it's Good Friday now. Trump what, Trump thought it was going to be over by Easter. It's not mate, looking mass graves way, in New York and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's just impossible to imagine. I was in the, um, I was in the supermarket a couple of weeks ago right when all of these stories were just like filling all the headlines and conscious of it and I um, uh, it was the one in Crow's Nest where there's that long rampy escalator thing yeah 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 Hullworth Hullworth yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've been there before I was um, every, mo- like, like you say most people like overwhelming majority of people were respectful, courteous, kind of smiling awkwardly with each other about like, yeah, we're just kind of like mutually experiencing this, this super <laughs> weird thing. You know this, I know this. So there was like a, this. there was a, there was a, um, like an unsanctioned but very orderly queue at the bottom of that escalator where people were waiting for a person in front of them to travel a bit up the escalator before they got on and there was a line at the bottom of it where people were giving each other distance. And by the time I got on, I was kind of in this staggered queue of people and um why do these things always happen to you <laughs> i think they happen to everyone i'm just paying attention <laughs> but this basically this woman um like a pretty seedy looking woman to be fair but <laughs> came like charging up the escalator mm. and um and like brushed me like fully like made big contact and then just parked herself like right in between me and the person in front of me 
after like seriously interfering with my 1.5 meters radius of personal space. <laughs> and so I like, I exclaimed in a very minor way, but I still like, I was like, whoa, <laughs> like one of those ones when she's like, and I had headphones in and, and I've gone, oh, and then she's just like, maybe that's what made her stop now I say it. But um, anyway, she's just like, stops still within a meter of me and like it's just staring at me and thankfully i had headphones in and i could just pretend i just listened to something that made me exclaim i was like and i put this expression on my face like i was just like focusing really hard on what was in my ears but she's like Curious dead on me <laughs> she's dead on me and i like staring at me and i was thinking in, in my head not focusing on what i was listening to at all thinking like this is how this shit happens <laughs> <laughs> This knife? is Quick exactly. <laughs> Do I want to be coughed or spat on right now? No. So just don't react. It's like being on the road and someone cuts you off. It's like yeah. it's never a good idea to rise to it because no. like it, it can it can end. It can end right there. And it did. And I was okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm still okay. But I'm like. But if I had yeah. if I had really like followed through, no. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? Then who knows? Better. And you're trapped on an escalator as well. Nowhere to go. <laughs> fuck. Nowhere to escape the saliva. Imagine having someone coughing on you. Like, like that, is, that is just a different breed of animal, man. Yeah. Like, that is not the same fucking species. Yeah. Someone who spits on, like, a, at a healthcare worker or... They deserve every dollar of that fine they get. It, I don't think it's expensive enough, man. It's like, what, five grand? Yeah, it's yeah. not enough. Like, And it's 11 grand. Like, it can be up to 11 grand for just driving around. You can just, like... I think you can get fined eleven grand. Really? Up to really for for travelling non-essential travel. Really? I think that's the top fine. I heard about a great non-essential travel fine today. <laughs> yeah. Of a bloke who crossed the border between Queensland and New South Wales with a trailer that had ninety-three kilograms of marijuana in it. <laughs> 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 and so they look like in this article they've listed off like all of the all of these different crimes that he's committed and the you know the potential to commercial this with a prohibited substance that blah 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 and then right at the end they're like he also got a fifteen hundred dollar fine for non-essential travel <laughs> i heard it might have been on the radio someone someone talking about how someone had got pulled over by the cops and that they'd asked him like where he was traveling to and he said he was going to visit his deal <laughs> yeah i read about that as well <laughs> oh look mate look sorry to say it this. is it's uh you know you're gonna have to turn around and go home mate look i'm sorry how tell you what we'll yeah. go grab it for you where do you live yeah. also can you please become an informant for us who's your deal yeah. <laughs> all right i'm done let's do it. yeah i think i'm out i need to uh i think i've been i think i've been exposed to you long enough to yeah man all right who knows where you've been we've keeping it so i'm heading up yeah do it <laughs>